And since we all eat, you know, at some point in some place, everyone has an opportunity in some form or fashion to turn a meal into an opportunity to pass on truth to your kids. God is a father to the fatherless. 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 Welcome to the Help I'm Raising Fatherless Kids podcast. I'm your host, Lori Apon. Moms, I am really excited about the guests that I have on today. As we started the new year, I just felt like I wanted to give you some practical ideas of some things that you might consider incorporating into your family life. It doesn't mean you're going to do all of these ideas at once. And again, you may take some of the ideas that are going to work for you. And there's others that you may implement later on, or it may just not be something you want to add into your family life. I know you're single moms. I know you're widow moms. I know you're raising kids without a dad and without help, most likely. And so you're doing a good job. I'm not trying to add to. I'm only trying to just give you some practical snippets of help. And so today, I'm really excited. I have two young moms who are doing a really good job, and I just love these women. I've watched them grow up. One, of course, from birth. My daughter, Kayla Apon Whittinghill, is with us today. Kayla, glad you're here. Thanks for having me, Mom. And Christina Brummel, I've also watched her grow up and just doing a phenomenal job. And so welcome, Christina. Glad you're here. Thanks for having me. These young moms are doing such a good job, and I'm going to not take away from them. I'm going to let them tell about their families, tell a little bit about themselves. And then we're just talking today about time around the table and how you can turn just something simple as a meal together with your children into a time of investment and being intentional with your time together around the table. So, Christina, why don't we start with you? Tell us a little bit about yourself. I've been married for 15 years and we have 10 kids um, that we are mothering and fathering. We're just, we're just leading and, and loving. It's been a journey. Our oldest is 12 and then it just kind of goes on down. (laughs) We hit almost every number between, (laughs) between 12 and one. So it's just a big old party here all the time. Amazing. I hope you heard that, ladies. Ten children. So under the age of 12. Wow. All right. Kayla? I have eight children, really similar ages. Our oldest is also 12, and we go down to 10 months. We live in Vermont, where my husband is a pastor of a church plant that's uh, now 10 years old, and we homeschool and Yeah, I think that's about it. Okay, Christina, I believe you homeschool as well, correct? Yep. And have you both homeschooled from the start? Have you all been homeschooling from the beginning? Yes. We did a hybrid homeschool for the first three years and then decided to bring everyone home and just do it all at home. Wow. And are all of these children your biological children? Do you have some others in the mix? Um, Yeah, we have an adopted son that we um, adopted through foster care in Vermont. Okay. Um, We have an adopted daughter 
who we adopted as a young little baby. And then we did embryo adoption. We thought the Lord was was ending our family at number five. I'm sure he got a good kick of that. <laughs> so we thought he was our finale. And then since then, we've also added two little boys through guardianship and a couple more biological. So a good spread. <laughs> That's amazing. First, I want to start with what gave you the idea to use time around the table intentionally? I want you both to share these questions that I ask because I want to hear how the Lord led you in this. Christina, you want to start? Yeah, um, it started years ago. I went to a parenting conference and Abby Wedgworth is her name. And she mentioned that the best way to add new habits that you want in your life are to attach them to routines that you already have because it will just naturally happen like you and the ones that are most obvious are meal times and bedtimes um and so we we just started small and it's worked i like that Kayla? well i have to say just growing up in your house we had devotions morning and night and I remember doing read alouds together and sitting at the table and you teaching us what you were teaching in your Sunday school class. And I know at the time we felt like you were just keeping us there as long as you possibly could. You were teaching about the Kings and we were memorizing scripture together and we were laughing and telling stories and sometimes like, oh my goodness, I need to go do my other homework. But looking back, those times were anchors every day that we were home. We knew there was going to be a time in the morning around the table and then a time in the evening that even if it wasn't around the table, if it was in the living room, it was just an intentional time together. So that absolutely shaped me and gave me something tangible that I I knew I would want to emulate something like that in my family one day. But it kind of, for us, just began you know, over the years, having more and more children, it's not something we did from day one. But I I think a couple, well, probably more than a couple years ago now, um, I just started reading a psalm aloud at the breakfast table. And we would just read the same one every single day. And we weren't even necessarily trying to memorize it. Maybe we were. I just remember thinking, I bet if I read this every single day, we'll eventually know it by heart. And so I think we probably started with Psalm 34 or something, and we would just read it every day at breakfast. And after doing it for a couple of weeks, I would start to leave out a word and see if the kids could fill it in or leave out a phrase and see if they could, if they remembered it, or we'd put a little part of it to music, or we would make up a few hand motions. It was just very organic and very just just kind of repetitive doing it day after day. And once I realized, wow, we we just memorized that whole chapter in a few months. My little, little kids, like two and three, would be quoting these long passages of scripture. And we just read it every day while we were already eating. And so that kind of helped me see, oh, this, there's something to this. And this is something I want to capitalize on with my kids. And then same idea of the layering habits, Christina, where I'm thinking, all right, we're already here. We're already at this time. So if we're going to be feeding our bodies, we might as well be feeding our souls. And so it's um, just kind of grown from there 
and it's looked different in different seasons. And sometimes it's really short. And sometimes I keep my kids for two hours because I know that these are really precious times where I have all of my chickies under one roof and a captive audience to teach them the things I want to share with them. And so I'm um, doing doing the same thing that you did. And moms, you know, a lot of you, again, maybe you're not even having a meal together. So the first starting point would be to decide, okay, we're going to we're going to sit at the table. I know that's hard when your husband is no longer at the table. So sometimes I've I've seen women avoid that. So they're going to do fast food or they're just going to just kind of everybody grab food as they go. And I know it depends on the ages of your children as well. You've heard that these moms have children under the age of 12, so it's really easy to just gather them around the table and eat, but that's a starting place is just to start with a meal. I should ask, what meal is it that you're spending around the table where you're doing this Bible reading and stuff? For us, it's typically breakfast. And like I said, it's changed a little bit through the years. So for many years, we were actually sitting at the table eating breakfast and I was reading to them while they were eating. And we were kind of doing this all at the same time. Now we've sort of morphed into people eating and then they all want to sit in the living room for this time. So we've morphed a little bit into sitting on the couch, but it's the same. The heart of it's the same. It's just the location has changed. And and then at dinner, we do a similar thing around the dinner table where all the kids are sitting and eating. We'll read a chapter of scripture or a chapter of a devotional that we're going through or something. It doesn't have to be this neat and tidy, like I cook this amazing home-cooked dinner, and then we all sit down, and my kids are reciting scripture and hymns. I mean, there there have been times when I'm, I've even taken a picture just to be like, I want to, I want to remember one day how crazy this was when we were implementing this practice. We have, you know, people putting bowls on their heads. We have people fighting and having to leave the room for timeout in the middle of this because they're not listening. We have spills on the table. And then we have a baby crawling under the floorboards, eating the food that everybody else has dropped. And we're trying to get people to focus and we're trying to read this, you know, passage of scripture. And it's very, very wild and haphazard sometimes. But I think we've been doing it long enough to know that that's okay. That's just how this night was. And the end goal is still very much worth it. So we're just going to keep doing it morning and night, day in and day out, as often as we can. We might skip a meal sometimes. We might have something going on and we don't do it, but it's just always the anchor that we come back to. And I'm very, very thankful to have that time. I love it. Christina, what does it look like for your family? For us, it's also morphed throughout the seasons. For a while, it was right before bedtime, like, but we kind of learned that, at least for us with a bunch of different spread out ages, we kind of take it in bite sizes throughout the day. So we will do, you know, scripture memory or scripture reading in the morning at breakfast and maybe catechism. And then we will do like gratitude and devotional during lunch and then our hymn and something at a dinner and kind of space it out just because mealtime has gotten more and more crazy as more and more little people join the table. <laughs> so we we break it up and we maybe don't do all of it every day. We, you know, you just do what you can. And 
for the most part, mealtime is a really great opportunity where everybody is seated together. So, yeah. Okay. So I hear you sing a hymn. You might read the same psalm every day. So the repetition, Christina, for some of us, we don't, we're not familiar with the term catechism. So what is that? Um, It is just questions that we ask our kids and they memorize responses to. So the first one being, um, what is my only hope in life and death? We've gone through the Ten Commandments. They've memorized that. Like, who is God? Who is man? Why were we made? I think it's 52 questions. So it's about one a week that we go through. We don't go through one a week. We'll do like one for a month, um, depending on the length of the answer. But we just ask it and then we'll review. And so they're just scripture foundational truths for identity and who we are in Christ that they just immediately have a solid biblical answer for. Okay, that sounds great. You know, moms, some of you may be thinking, we did that when their dad was here. We we had family devotions at night. My husband was a spiritual leader and we had a rhythm and a routine and and then everything kind of turned upside down and was chaotic and so I had never even thought about stepping into that leadership in the home and and I want to encourage you that that you can. Actually, you are the leader now of your home and so you're hearing some say that, you know, there are three meals a day and that like, there's no way we can do three meals a day. I work. And so start with where you're at and ask the Lord to show you what that would look like for your home. Maybe it is that you're coming together for dinner at night. And so you're just going to maybe read the proverb for the day, or you are going to do what Kayla said and just pick a psalm. Again, their children are still ages 12 and under. And through middle school, you'll be able to do this. And then when your children start to drive, and for those of you who have teenagers in the home, that may not be a daily activity. It may be that we're going to come together for a family meal certain nights of the week, and only you will know what works for you. It's not to be any kind of a legalistic approach by any means. We're just giving you an idea, something that would be helpful. Do you all have any other thoughts to add for if you were to picture yourself doing this by yourself without your husbands, and maybe perhaps sometimes your husbands aren't a part of this, they've gone on to work. What would you say to encourage single moms? Well, I would just say, I mean, I recognize that we are very blessed and fortunate to be able to homeschool our children, to be able to stay home with them. And so we do have a unique opportunity of having our children as a captive audience three times a day that not everybody does, you know, single mom or not single mom. And so I I recognize that what we have is unique. But I think since we all eat, you know, at some point in some place, everyone has an opportunity in some form or fashion to turn a meal into an opportunity to pass on truth to your kids. So for you, it it may be a Saturday morning breakfast and maybe you're home on the weekends. And so that's your time to share something with, you know, share a psalm with your kids or read a chapter aloud or something like that. 
Um, it, and that may be all that you have is one Saturday morning or one night a week. Um, I would just encourage you to think not, oh, there's no way I could pull that off because I work or I, you know, have these different, you know, scheduling things, but to think, okay, when does my life overlap at the table with my child in a way that I could start somewhere really small and present truth to them in this way? And if you think about it, you know, one meal a week or one opportunity to like that, like that over the course of a year is still 52 meals that you share together face to face and you open the word of God with them and pour truth into their hearts. And that is not a small thing. So I would just encourage you to look at your schedule and your life and see where you're at and see, God, will you show me a way that I could start intentionally you know, walking through some scripture or something like that with my child and just see if it might grow somewhere from there. I love it. I would also say that uh, there are days where we miss it. And I I am one who, who strives <laughs> to do a complete task and can get discouraged when a day doesn't look the way I intended it to, or we didn't get to the things I wanted to. But If I've learned anything over the years of doing this as much as we have, is the Lord does a lot with our little. And if we just pray for eyes to see moments to speak into it, or I mean, honestly, I've learned in the car, they're all so captive, (laughs) they're all buckled in and just driving and like reminding them of a truth or just going over the fruits of the spirit, praying or just using transitional moments to just your margin moments, your your few minutes here, a few minutes there, the Lord will absolutely grow what you do with your little. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it's Deuteronomy 6, 7. Is that it that says mm-hmm. when you walk, when you talk, when you, you know, it's this really that verse that talks about what you're saying, Christina, is just taking opportunity that we have and as it comes to us and making the most of it. And when you're sitting at the table, one thing, they are eating, you know, they have something to keep them busy. So it's almost like when you start a a baby, an infant on baby food, you know, you you kind of start to slowly slip in the prunes or the the vegetables that they may not like as much as the applesauce or the other, and you're slipping in the nutrition. Mm-hmm. And it's the same way, not that we have to slip in the word of God, but they're eating. And so you just, you don't make it like, okay, we're now going to have this, you know, you just kind of, you don't want to, you just want to ease into it is what I would Uh suggest and just say tonight, why don't we, why don't we start reading, you know, today's the third day of the month. Let's read Proverbs three, or I really would like us to start Psalm 23 is a really good chapter. It's short, especially moms for um, you who are walking through the valley of the shadow of death might just start with that. And, and the Bible, the word of God will not turn back void. And maybe you're not going to say we're going to memorize Psalm 23, but let's just read it together. And as Kayla was saying, and I hear Christina, just the repetition and doing it over and over. And do your children, do you find that they look forward to that time or you know, if you skip it, do you have any saying we didn't do our whatever? Have you had that happen? Or are they? I think we've had a little bit of both. We have plenty of times where they would, you know, happily 
go play outside and be like, oh, you know, because some there will be a, you know, sometimes on weekends or different times where we'll sleep in and have a slower morning and, you know, we don't get to it in the morning or whatever. And so they'll happily move along and go play, but they're never resistant when it is time to do it. We uh, put Psalm 34 to music a few years back. And one of the verses says, come you children, listen to me and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. So that's how we get started when they hear me saying, come ye children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. They all start singing along and finding their coloring stuff and getting their papers they're going to draw on while I'm reading aloud and gathering in the living room. And they sort of know it's it's a non-negotiable. If I if we're home, we're doing it. You don't have a choice. There's no point protesting it. But it is something I think they all really, really enjoy too. Real quick, speak to the non-negotiable idea because in this day and age, a lot of times moms and parents think that it can be a negotiable subject, you know? And so how do you make that? This isn't an option. This is what we're going to do. We just say that. I mean, if you ask them <laughs> a question or ask for an opinion, I'll you'll get one. But if you just say, it's time for devotions, come and sit in the living room. Mm-hmm. And you have established yourself as the authority in your home, which you expect them to obey you as obeying the Lord, then they know you know, there's no wiggle room here. There's not a, I don't feel like doing this today. And so I'm not going to, it's, it's just not a question. And I think there's a lot of security in that for children when they know that you're the mom, you're the boss during the day when, or for these single moms all the time. Um, when my husband comes home, they know daddy's the boss. And I, of course, defer to him, but you moms are the boss of your homes. And um, the Lord has given you that leadership and it's to be stewarded wisely and taken seriously. And you are to lead your children and expect obedience so that you can teach them to obey God. That's the most important thing I always tell my children is you're not just expected to obey me because I want you to, but in learning to obey me, you're really learning to obey the Lord. And that's the most important thing. And, you know, Christine, I know you want to add something real quick. I I have sat around your table, Kayla, and witnessed it. And at times it's a little, you know, I have to hold back chuckling a little bit because just when you're watching it, you know, you have one maybe practically almost standing on their head. You, know, sure. you have all the, it's not like, you know, everyone is just sitting properly. And, no, not at all. But it, But it's the consistency. And what? kind of triggered me into inviting you on to share this conversation was I called your home one day several weeks ago to talk to your mom, Christina, and in the background, I heard your children loud singing a hymn or a song, and it brought me to tears because I thought, wow, you didn't know I was listening in. You didn't know I heard that, and here, here is this table full of children singing loud and clear, a worship song. And I think I say this all the time because, again, 
um, this podcast is a part of Perspective Ministries, and it really is in your perspective. If you say, man, okay, we're going to read the Bible, and I mean, you want to come with joy. We get to come together, and we get to learn from God's Word. We get to hide it in our hearts, and we get to be encouraged, and it's going to comfort us in a way that nothing else can. So, so moms, as you bring that with joy and excitement and you can't wait to get into the word of God or to sing a song of worship, that is going to be contagious and it's going to impact your children. Absolutely. So Christina, you were going to add something. Um, I think too, I mean, that's kind of what the dinner table is as far as the non-negotiable, right? Like everybody has to eat. So it's an easy thing to just decide I'm going to read this aloud or our family started a couple years ago now singing the doxology prior to meals that just kind of like, it's everyone settled, ready to eat and kind of gets their, gets them, you know, their heart right to hear, um, before we pray. And then, um, enjoy our meal and whatever we've brought to read over at that time. So it's mealtime's an easy way to start. And I think, you know, that's where we started. And now we've, you know, occasionally morphed onto the couch too, because it is a little more comfortable there, but it's a great place to start because everyone is just, everyone's got to eat. Captive. Yeah. And mom, just to go back to what you were saying about Sometimes you might be doing this and think, this is just such a waste of time. My kids are not listening. They're not engaged. Look at them standing on their head in their seat. And I I understand those feelings because I have one child who, especially a few years ago when he was two or three, could not sit still to save his soul and would wiggle and move around. And he was just like this bundle of spastic energy all the time. But when we would get to the end of a couple weeks of saying a psalm or something, I always would give the kids a chance. Does anyone think they can say this without help? Does anyone want to try? And he was always one of the first ones. I can't, I can't. And he would stand up on his bench and be taking his clothes off and putting his hands down in his pants and spinning around in circles. And like, you just watch him. And the whole time he's moving and wiggling and shaking and looking like he's a circus performer, he's <laughs> quoting the whole psalm of whatever we have been, you know, learning that month. And he also has had a speech delay at the time. So you couldn't quite understand everything that he was saying, but it was clear that he knew what he was saying and that he had in all the weeks of spinning around and doing his energy in crazy ways and sitting upside down and all the things, he was still taking it all in and taking it to heart. So don't be discouraged by an audience that doesn't seem like it is captive because you never know what's actually sinking in. That is so true. So I hear you both saying there are benefits and this consistent rhythm that you've added into your family life. Absolutely. All right. Anything else you'd want to share? Is any chance that you have a recording of this that we might try to add into the episode for moms to hear not putting you on the spot but yeah your children I have a lot of videos I don't know if I have an actual sound recording but if we can if we can take the audio from a video then we can do that we may try to add something in but come you children listen to me I will teach you the fear of the
I was riding down the road today and I have music of my kids. I don't know, back in the day when I had them all and at home. I don't even know how I got these recordings. But anyways, one came up of my daughter who was probably just three at the time and she was singing her ABCs. So, um, but, you know, she's now... 27 years old and and it was just priceless so some of these things we've talked about daddy books writing dear god letters um dear daddy letters i'm just sharing some things you know i'm 25 years down the road i'm just sharing some things that are treasures to me and just again giving you some ideas you might want to consider because i know it'll be something that most likely you'll be glad that you did so, yeah, absolutely. Ladies, anything else you want to say or add or encourage these moms with? I would just encourage you to not despise the day of small things, to just keep putting one foot in front of the other. Find some way that you can teach God's word to your children, whether it's listening to the Bible app in the car on the way to school every morning or playing the same hymn every night before they go to bed or reading a psalm at breakfast. It doesn't have to look the same for everybody, but find a way to start um, having these conversations and building this time into your day with your children if you are not already doing so, because it's such an amazing gift to pass on that knowledge of God to your children and it is our honor and our responsibility to do that with our children. And just because you're a single mom or a widow doesn't mean that that you can no longer be used to have an intentional way of teaching truth to your children. That's good. I would encourage you to really just pick one thing maybe to start with and, and, and leave it out. So we have our hymnal and our devotional and our catechism book and our missionary storybooks out all the time. So like, if there is a moment that all of a sudden it feels calm or it's readily available to just dive right into. So it sets you up for success. And I agree, find resources that are also a bit hands-off for you. So if it is, you know, listening to a Psalm, which I know for us in hard days, songs filled with truth are usually what hold us through when, you know, you can't really seem to sit and read, but there's just that, that truth singing in your head and in your heart and watching your kids sing these hymns while they're doing their daily life preaches back to you in your hard day. So it it really returns, the returns that you get from it are not just for them, but the truth that you preach to them will oftentimes I have found come back to you through them. And it has encouraged me greatly from just my kids encourage me from the truth that, that the Lord has graciously given us to share. But yeah, just keep it readily available. So that way it's easy to grab in moments. Yeah, that's great. Thank you so much. This is so practical. And I hope moms out there that you've been encouraged. And you've been able to take just something away today, even if it's tucking something away that later on when you feel like now's the time and then ask the Lord to just show you one thing that you can do to make a difference in the lives of your children spiritually. 
when it comes to turning their hearts towards God. Would one of you be willing to pray for these moms and for these children who don't have an earthly dad? I know you get it. You've brought some of those children into your own families. And so thank you for what you're doing. Yeah, I'm happy to pray. Okay. Father, thank you so much for your faithfulness to us and for your goodness and your mercy. I just lift up these moms who are raising kids by themselves, and I know how how it feels to not have a dad and the grief and the heartache of that. And I know that these moms are carrying a lot, carrying their own grief and grieving for their children as well and doing all the daily responsibilities of being a mom and providing for their children. And it's a lot, Lord. I pray that you would meet them where they are at and encourage them that they are not alone, that your Holy Spirit is with them and that you are faithful always. I pray that you would give them wisdom and grace to see how they can maximize the time they have with their children, how they can um, pour truth into them in an intentional way, even just small moments at a time. And I pray that you would give them strength for the good work that they're doing and keep their eyes fixed on you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you, Kayla and Christina. The Lord bless you and moms. Look forward to having you back next week. Until then, I love that song, When I Am Afraid, I Will Trust in God. So even if this has sparked a little bit of fear or a little bit of a trigger, I wish I did have my husband leading our home. I don't want to do this by myself. I just pray the Lord will encourage you and comfort you today and give you hope. 